Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the RC Industry Podcast. Uh, for those of you new to the show, this is where I, Simon Kane, interview influential people from the world of stand-up, writing, TV, and uh, today, listings, magazines, as well as reviewers. Uh, we've got the Londonist in, who are a, a London-based reviewing and listing site that grew from quite a small base of uh, dedicated, loyal Londoners to nearly 3 million hits a month, which is amazing. Uh, we got them down to talk about what they look for in terms of people submitting stuff for writing, uh, journalism, editorial, as well as getting reviewed. This was a bit of an experimental episode. Uh, it's what I'm going to call an in-between-isode because it's not quite as long as some of the other episodes and it's a bit more of a quick snippet for people who are looking at getting more promotion for their shows as well as maybe a review from a little bit more of a niche but targeted blog full of an audience that might be interested in what you do. We had two guests on. Uh, the voices you're going to hear are Rachel Holdsworth, who is the senior editor for Comedy... Uh, and Stu Black, who runs the theatre listings for the site as well as reviews uh, the shows and is in charge of basically their arts review output. It, it was generally really interesting to talk to them about where they started from, where they're going, what they uh, look for in shows and what they cover, because it's not everything. And uh, as I'm slowly learning through talking to different people, it's better that way. It's better that you don't offer everything, because when you offer everything, you don't get an audience. You, you build up just a mass of people that are casually caring about what you do. And these guys uh, work for a magazine that have just such a loyal and loved base of Londoners who want to talk about what's happening in the capital city of England. Um, I'm not going to say much more. I think it pretty much speaks for itself. If you want to follow the questions we asked, the show notes, as always, are at asktheindustrypodcast.tumblr.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please review it. It really helps out the show. Share it with your friends. Pass it around. If you think someone could benefit from this, if you think they are looking to get you know, a review from, for their show that's showing around in London, or if you think that they will benefit from knowing this site if they didn't know it exists before, pass it on. It, it would really help them out. It really helps out the show. I'll, I'll stop delaying now. Here's the Londonist. Yeah, before I ended up <coughs> on the team, I was um, uh, sending theatre reviews in and feature articles and stuff like that. So it was a case of 
uh, with the theatre stuff uh, just being patient and waiting until uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, with the theatre stuff, it was a case of uh, being patient and waiting when they had gaps and stuff that I could jump in on and go, yeah, I'll be able to pop along to a show and review that. Uh, and it's always a bit random. You don't know quite what you're going to get. Um, you know, you can sort of pick stuff, but uh, everybody's kind of um, gunning for the same shows. So um, there's an element of um, pick and mix to it. Uh, Features-wise, it was a case of... Um, uh, pitching ideas to the editor, um, some of which get knocked back because maybe they've done them before or maybe um, it's not quite the right time or something like that. And, uh, and then uh, sometimes they'll go with the idea and suddenly you have to write a whole bunch of stuff for you know the next day. So um, it's basically how it works. Okay. Uh. Yeah, so I've been at Londonist for six years back when, back when it was all voluntary and we were all just doing it in our lunch hours and trying to hide from our bosses um so yeah my experience is is quite a lot different I mean I kind of found my my niche writing about news and politics and also books and comedy because you know they all go together <laughs> um, um so yeah now obviously we're a lot more professional and we're a lot more organized although that can sometimes not seem like the case um and yeah, I'm yeah yeah, yeah. And I'm sort of in charge of, of the, the comedy side, sort of sort of by default, because nobody else wanted to do it, and I was doing it anyway. Um, yeah, so I'm in charge of, of deciding what comedy we cover, and it's a much smaller job than theatre, because we found that there isn't really the audience for it. Um, yeah, it's... And we're not quite sure why, maybe because there are dedicated comedy sites out there, and maybe people don't come to us so much comedy but yeah we, we cover a lot less comedy than theatre don't we mm. yeah there's two of us editing theatre now so we're able to do a lot more you know searching around trying to find uh, the fringe stuff as well as the big shows in the west end so um, with two of us doing it there's a bigger scope so I don't mm. know yeah, how it, you cope with the admin oh the admins oh you know me I love my admin um, yeah but with the comedy if we're not covering as much it means we have to be a bit more discerning um, so if somebody wants a review there has to be a reason for it you know it's not just oh yeah yeah whatever we'll have a go at this it has to be something that, that we actually are interested in um, because we just don't have the, the slots to cover everybody so are there like certain narratives so like once you've started with like a performer that you like do you continue to like is it easier after you've got in with you guys it were to keep getting like reviews and people to come down and coverage for certain shows because I assume it's also slightly audience-led, I imagine, mm -hmm. with uh, your... Because, obviously, you're, you're driving traffic for adverts to make money that way. Yeah. So, I assume if your audience enjoy the fact you're covering a certain person, that's going to have an impact, or is that not fair to say? Mm. It, it can do, although, in a way, it, it, it kind of can go both ways. So, if we find something that we like and that our readers like, then, yeah, we will cover them, but we might not cover them in the same way, so we might not review... Um, an Edinburgh show, like we might not re review two shows in the same year because it's oh we already did this guy. Yeah, you don't want to be repetitive. <clears throat> exactly. Um, even it might be a different show, but you know we've already done it relatively recently, relatively in inverted commas. So we'd maybe rather give the that space to somebody else. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we won't cover that show um, in a different way. Like we might put it in one of the the, the listings articles. So every day we will publish uh, things to do in London that day, and that goes out in an email. We've also got something on weekends that it gets very, very similar thing. We're a lot more popular, uh, <laughs> um, and we plug it a lot. We publish that on the Monday, so people have got a lot of time to 
<clears throat> to read it and we will have at least one comedy show in all of those mm. um and i i will handpick them okay. um so you know it doesn't mean that because just because we won't review or do a or maybe we'll preview something because we know the artist more so rather than doing a review maybe we'll do it in a, a preview or a different format of, of, of coverage just because we know somebody's good but we don't want to keep beating that same drum yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think with theatre and comedy, we're both looking for the same thing, which is to cover the big stuff that needs covering, but also to find the hidden gems that people don't know so much about. So rather than keep repeating, you know, names that you've heard of and seen on TV, we'll be trying to go for, uh, you know, less well-known stuff as well. So, so when a performer emails in, is it a good idea for us to say, you know, this is what the show's about so you understand like the hook to it that means it's easier for you guys to write about or is it easier for you or, or would you prefer like less email information because i imagine you get so many emails in a day you oh, want yeah. to be as yeah. succinct as possible yeah yeah i mean a couple of at least a couple of lines of information is really handy a massive press release is probably not going to get fully read we we read everything yeah. um we, we do yeah we believe it or not we, we do everything gets read we don't have the retirement time to reply to everyone but we will read everything but um brevity is good <laughs> brevity is really good well, I, quite, I quite like to get a sense of what the show is so if there's like a little video sometimes people put trailers and things for for theater and comedy and that i tend to click on those i yeah, won't, yeah, I won't get very good. far into it but i find that much more fun than just you know cranking through a whole bunch of text so that's handy so maybe like a, a one or two minute video you'd get through um yeah, yeah, I think that's really useful. Yeah, and particularly I mean, for for comedy as well, if you can have just a taster of what somebody's like on stage, it's it's much much better than you know, yeah, yeah. Just, just reading a press release which could just be full of lies. I have to say, often that can work the other way as well. Like if you see a video <laughs> that just looks like someone in a room banging their head on a wall, it can really put you off as well. So if, if it's that kind of show, you know, <laughs> don't email. <laughs> d d well, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe just stay in the room. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, do you cover? I mean, do you cover previews as well as like full shows, or is it better? Because if you've got a limited space for stuff, is there? Do your audience prefer to go down and watch like previews or work in progress or that stuff, or is it quite an, a more of a split towards? Do you know what I mean? Is it more more they like? Because I assume with the theatre stuff, they want to see the full show, more likely. But with comedy, maybe they don't mind seeing a preview, or how does it split down? Uh, from my point of view, I quite like previewing festivals where you've got stuff that's kind of, oh, there'll be, like, for example, uh, coming up now is the Vault Festival, uh, and it's something like 500 acts, so you can just have a little look around and pick stuff and just give people a nudge towards what's happening rather than picking out one show and going, oh, you must see this. It sort of, like, lets the reader know that there's something there they can go and explore for themselves, so... Uh, but I don't know, you might be different. Um, would you think previews, you like work in progress shows? I personally, yeah. I love work in progress shows, but we would never review one. Okay. Um, because it's not a finished show and it's not really fair. Okay. What we will do is we'll put them in the listings and like flag up, you know, this is a work in progress. Um, a couple of years ago, I wrote a big guide to like going to see comedy in London and explain the difference between, you know, what is an Edinburgh show and what is a preview and what's a work in progress. And had a chat to, um, I think it was Josie Long and John Finnemore about why they find work in progress shows useful um i love them because they're they're more fun and they're obviously more intimate and you you know you do get an input into the the finished show yeah. um so yeah personally i think they're great i'm not sure that 
our audience always understands what they are. Um, also, they're a damn sight cheaper, yeah. which is great. Or free. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I was chatting to, do you know Louise Omanan? Uh, yes. The, what, yeah. Oh, she's brilliant. Oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. No, it's fine. Very excited. No, she's one of my favourites. She's coming on in, a, in next week. I'm very excited to interview <laughs> her about marketing and PR. But she, she was telling me that like she does work in progress shows and people come down and expect a finished product. And she has to go up before the show starts and just say, leave now if that's what you come for mm. i've made it free on purpose that's that's marketing because, for you well yeah well, i've done the same i've done a similar thing where you just sort of have to say these are, this is i'm just doing a run through these jokes i haven't got a narrative yet if you've come because you liked my show that's lovely but there's no you might as well come back in a month. i've got another day come back to that day and it's it's yeah it's quite interesting to yeah i think the key to that is free tickets or discount tickets so people kind of think oh okay i'm getting something you know, mm. for nothing, and then the expectations are a bit lower. But um, I suppose it depends at what point you're, you know, how finished that show is. Mm. Um, okay. Uh, you, what do you think of star rating systems? We've actually just started using stars. I'm aware. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and it was, there was, we've been talking about this for years. Um, yeah, I resisted it for a, a yeah, while. Yeah, I was, I was never overly keen. We're finding that, that, um, marketers love them because you know it's something that you can stick on a on a sofa on a poster you know false stars um, but it loses some nuance so I reviewed Adam Riches um, about a month ago and I kind of spent the majority of the review complaining that it was too similar to his his previous shows and everybody knows what they're getting now and it's kind of losing some of his impact but I gave it four stars so it's like 250 words of, of whining. Four stars! So you're kind of losing the nuance of that. You know, it's, it's a good show, but mm. there are some problems with it. Um, whereas, you know, the, the headline is, is, you know, four stars, this is a great show. Maybe if you've not seen him before, <sighs> then you have to, yeah. And the, and the other problem with stars is that um, it's hard to compare like with like sometimes. You know, you, have, you might have a cabaret show that's just a brilliant cabaret show, and then you compare it with a massive West End mega budget Lion King style show and you know why are they both three stars like because in their fields they're kind of decent but um, does that make those two shows the same if you're going to pay you know your money you're not going to get the same so it's kind of hard to look at those stars and think of the experience that people will get so that's a bit of a problem too mm. yeah no I, I find it kind of a cheap shorthand for, for, for PR people who just want to tell people oh my show got four stars do you know what I mean yeah and if anything that cheapens the show I think you know what I mean you should be able to say oh this reviewer really loved it read the review if you want to because you guys have spent however many hours writing and watching it and writing the review I think it in a way cheapens what you did do you know what I mean yeah I think I, I like poster quotes more than stars but that's me as a reviewer who writes those quotes so <laughs> yeah mm. so when it, the thing is um, with quotes do you, uh, there's been a lot of debate in comedy at least about pull quotes and whether you should be able to like, so some people butcher them out and say, excellent <laughs> writing or something, you know, I've done this before, you know, where, yeah. you, where you pick out a word and they're like, brilliant, yeah. Lee shit, you know, yeah. do you ever call people out on that or do you ever like, do you get annoyed by people doing that or is that a... I've never seen anybody take anything I've written from Londonist out of context maybe I'm just not seeing it um, yeah. But, but yeah I, th I think if, I, if I'd saw somebody massively re misrepresenting what I'd put then I, w I would have a quiet word somewhere 
fair enough. So going back to getting writing for the Londoners, mm-hmm. you said that you well, you you started when it wasn't really a thing. If that makes no, oh, that sounds weird. Do you know, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds weird. Well, no, we we she built this website <laughs> by my bare hands. Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, Are you the website developer as well? No. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. No, um, no, but I was there when we were tiny. I mean, we're now getting, what, two and a half million, coming up to three million page views a month sometimes. Wow. Um, I was checking on our, our social media stats before I came in here. It was, what, 410,000 followers on Facebook, 360,000 on Twitter. Um, my mum listens as well. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, so yeah my mum reads my one. stuff too, yeah. yeah. Um and you know, we obviously we would, would. I remember when we were chuffed when it was you know twenty thousand page views a month. Um, the last couple of years, it's really shut up. But that's because I think that's because we've we've been able. Well, we've been working on it full time, so we've been able to put more effort in um, making it what it is. And also, social media took off, which is obviously readers themselves sharing it around, which is always gratifying. Hmm. So, um, if someone wanted to get something published, what's the best way of approaching? Londonist for getting maybe they've got a feature idea or they've written something that they think would be good syndicate maybe they've published on their own blog so they want to syndicate it to you guys because they think it'd be good like Mm. Uh, we wouldn't do syndication anyway so that's that's just a flat don't even bother Um, we prefer original original articles original writing Um, to be honest the best way to get hold of us at any point is email I'm going to regret saying this but yeah email even though we are drowning in email it's still email um our generic um, account is hello at londonist.com um, email that we've got somebody on that, that account all the time and that's sort of the triage centre it gets sent off to the most appropriate person um, but keep it short yeah keep if you're it, pitching keep, yeah. if you're pitching stuff first of all check that we haven't done it that's a guess very good point um, and then you know keep your pitch pithy show that you can you know write snappy stuff that fits with the internet format uh, and then we'll have a look and if it works then someone will get back to you and ask to, f- to fill in the blanks so don't send the whole article just send no. in the pitch idea or yeah i would say just send the pitch yeah. as a as a first um step if you if you'd reviewed or if you'd written a review for a show you haven't published it anywhere because you're going to see it and they know you haven't covered the show should they say i've reviewed the show would you like to read it or do you not there's do that for prob- reviewers? There's probably a reason we haven't covered it ourselves, if we haven't covered it. So, um, I mean, it might be that we've just genuinely missed something. Mm. But well, if we, we might be about to do it. Yeah, then, yeah. Know. Or if we, we have done that, we've got quite a big team of reviewers ourselves. So if if somebody does want to review stuff for us, then it's better to just contact us and, and ask to be put on the review team. Yeah. Yeah. And how does, like, is that a, a voluntary thing or is that a paid thing? Or is, how does that work in terms of progression for that? Ah, the, the, the pay question. Um, <laughs> pretty much everybody does get paid for Londonist for some things. The exception is the review team because they get free tickets. Fair enough. Yeah. So that's our, that's our justification for that at the moment. Yeah. It might change at some point, but at the minute. Yeah, and for Theatre How It Works is we have a team of about 20 oh, reviewers. You know about more than I do. About 20 people on the list. Some write more than others. Um and you know getting on that list is just a case of um approaching us and then uh if we get back to you if we if we need people i mean 20 is quite a lot with you know you know could always do with someone to look at the smaller stuff which you know often gets ignored especially in the fringes of 
you know, zone five. <laughs> not, not many people want to go out there. But, um, uh, yeah, uh, approach us. And then uh, if there's any gaps, we can have a look at stuff that you've reviewed before. And if it fits with the way do we do it, then, you know. Uh, Review-wise, reviewer-wise at the moment, we are we, we have enough people. Um, but, you know, who knows, a gap may come up. So it's worth emailing in like a link to their blog or review site or stuff that they've got that they've written so you can see or is it not worth including that link straight away just so that um if if there is stuff online then yeah add a, add a couple of links i mean you know don't go crazy don't send us massive attachments but yeah something that we can we can have a quick look at and you know just just make a very quick assessment before we then get back to you because yeah i mean most of the time Actually, an awful lot of emails just get ditched because the emails are spelt horrif- horrifically. That that's a re- so many people want to write for us and they can't even spell their email, so that's just a, a automatic deletion. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if somebody is emailing us and you know, briefly, pithily, uh, says that you know, says the kind of thing that they want to cover, um, sounds interesting, sounds informed, then yeah, if they've got a blog, then that's a nice thing to have a look at. Yeah, and if you're being a bit more proactive and sort of coming up with things that we, you know, haven't thought of round the corner, um, rather than just saying, oh, I'll go and review the Harry Potter world exhibition and sort of like, well, we don't really need that. We don't really want it. So try and think differently. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Um, speaking of lists, because you, um, you do some uh, sort of rising stars of 2015 lists or like, you know, things to look out for in, in certain fields. How do you discover those people? What's your process for? Is it just watching and reviewing them, or is it you know suggestions, or is it media, or competitions, or awards? Probably a mixture of everything, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's not helpful, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is and it isn't. Um, it, it's kind of it doesn't it doesn't give me a practical way of, of uh, suggesting to people how to get on it, but it, it also yeah. does probably stop them emailing you. Um, <laughs> um, so I mean, I mean, is there stuff you're specific because? If it's if it's quite audience led, your your um, journalism side, would it? I mean, would it? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at Blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
trying to think of how to phrase it. If you emailed in and said, you know, I have a certain audience on social media, would that impact it? Like, if, if certain, if I've already got like articles that are being written about me, does that get involved? No. No, not really. No, it's mm-hmm. still everything we did. We do it. The word curation gets overused, and I really hate it. But everything that we do, it's it's sort of hand curated. So everything that we do, we believe in. So everything that gets published, everything that we review, we, we have a reason for, for covering it. Um, we, th- we have an expectation when we go out there that it's, it's going to be good or at least all right. Um, so, yeah, and it, that's a lot of it's sort of our own. It, it's, our, it's our own personal preferences, but, but also, yeah, we... we yeah, there's a whole swamp yeah. of there's a whole swamp of emails that come through, and you're you're looking for stuff that jumps out of the pack. So it might just be the way it's phrased. It might even be something a little bit gimmicky. Uh, it might be awards that people have won and stuff like that. And you're kind of looking through this, trying to filter off the stuff that's. I mean, there's a personal taste part of it, which is like, oh, I don't really want to see those shows. But you also want something that just catches, and then uh, even if you know the editor can't go he'll be recommend it to another member of staff and sort of go oh you'll really enjoy this that's what we're looking for so i mean it starts off with having a good show and then picking out something that sells it as different to everything else rather than just you know it's really funny mm. or you know it's really well acted you've got to kind of grab our attention with a you know a strong log line so oh, sorry go on. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm still getting over Christmas cold and I occasionally sound a bit like I'm still smoking 15 a day. Um, <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm really Londonist is... We're looking for things that are a little bit left field. Not left wing, but left field. <laughs> um, so, you know, something that is a little bit different, has something to, to set it apart from the, the crowd. There are a, a thousand stand-up shows. What's different about yours? That's basically, you know, I mean, we will cover just pure stand-ups and from a, a comedy point of view because there are some really good stand-ups. But equally, how are we going to sell your stand-up to our readers? How are we going to persuade our readers to come to your show? Do you and it's, yeah, so we're looking for a little, something just a little bit interesting. Do your readers, like, email you in and say, thanks for recommending that? Or, like, do you, do you get a lot of feedback from people? You're nodding. I've never got that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, it's probably different. Yeah, <laughs> theater to comedy, or uh, well, you get a bit of both. You get people saying, you know, we only went to that show because you recommended it, and you know, we wouldn't have known about it otherwise, and we're glad you did say it. And then there's other times where people go, I can't believe you recommended this show; it was terrible. Um, so <laughs> I get, I get both, uh, but maybe uh, theater's a bit different because, you know, it's such a broad church compared to comedy. I think if you're mm. going to comedy, you want to laugh, yeah, and. I mean, there are you know different ways that that's going to happen, but with theatre, there's people who just don't like musicals, and then when they end up at one, uh, and they hadn't realised based on your review, they're you're in trouble. So, yeah. So you get more abuse online then. Um, you get a lot of abuse online, don't you? <laughs> well, I write politics, so it's just it just, it just it just comes with it. Politics and comedy. Pe- people are yeah. nice to me. <laughs> Fair enough. What, I'm what, nice to them. <laughs> what kind of shows do you actually like going to see? What's your like outside of the the Londonist stuff? What's your preference for maybe comedy and theatre separate? Or if you like seeing other stuff than theatre or comedy, what's? I'm really not fussy. Um, I I sort of enjoy anything I see, or I take away from whatever I see something positive. You know, it's very rare that I go to a show and I, you know, 
want to leave or it, it, there's something about it that doesn't work. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't, you know, want to write about it and keep going to stuff. Um, I think just we're spoiled in London, the amount of talent there is. I mean, if if you've even got a show in a pub, you've probably had to do quite a bit to organise that and get it up there and go through a bunch of tests with friends and the owner of the pub and you know it should be okay so obviously there's some stuff which is disappointing um but i, I pretty much like seeing everything i can't think of the last thing that i didn't like um mm. although on the other hand i'm quite a harsh critic <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't like it all guns blazing well no <laughs> I, I i do tend to like everything but to sort of get a four or five star review out of me it has to really be special I think I'm, you, I'm a three star kind of guy what, what would make a five star review for you? something that I hadn't seen before like something that just feels like it's landed from another you know thought galaxy um, and, it, and, it, and it's just done perfectly so it couldn't have been done any other way or you know something that I couldn't have conceived off and then it arrives and it's like well that's the only way you could do that show mm-hmm. I think the only five star review I've given out since we started doing it was um, Joseph Marpogo's Odessa, which I came out of feeling like I'd been battered over the head in a really, really good way. Um, yeah, it was. I'd never seen anything like that before. It was completely insane, and I love it. And it's 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 coming back into the Soho Theatre in in May. I think I might go see that again. It was there was that good. O- office what was um, Joseph Marpogo's Odessa. Joseph Marpogo. M O R P U R G O. He's he's part of Ostentatious. Oh, they Dapper, yeah, yeah. They've been plugged in three of our <coughs> podcasts so far, so I'm gonna have to go and see it at some point because apparently at the Fringe they had a really lovely run. Ostentatious um, is is really really good. I saw them a couple of years ago. Okay. They are they are excellent. Is it is that like a sketch group that like keeps changing their show or is it like a it's show improv. that they're repeating and going through? It's it improv, so it's different every oh, time. Okay. I mean they've 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 clearly got some set routines that they've I mean they've been doing it for so long, so yeah. they've clearly got some riffs that will they'll come back to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the audience will suggest the the title of a lost Jane Austen novel, <laughs> and they'll create it for you. Wow. Yeah, it's really funny. Okay. And you know, people like Carrie Ad Lloyd and Rachel Paris in the group. I mean, obviously, it's going to be good. Okay. So I'm just writing down names. Um, so if not for a review, if we wanted one of you to come down and just watch the show, just so we can you know get some feedback from the professionals in the industry, but not publish feedback, mm-hmm. what's the best way of getting you down or, or encouraging you to bottle of wine and some crisps <laughs> <laughs> that'll do yeah we'll do an awful lot for a a pint <laughs> it's kind of how London is started and it's pretty much how we still run you don't want to say that to a group of comedians they're gonna <laughs> that's a really good point yeah no beer <laughs> <laughs> what flavour crisps they're gonna, you're, gonna, you're just going to have a pile of them on Monday morning it's just going to be everywhere um so, yeah, because you've been in London six years, you said. Yeah, six years. And six years ago, you said it wasn't what it is today. It mm. was sort of, how would you describe it six years ago? Um, it was a tiny group of us. I mean, we're still tiny anyway. Um, a handful, maybe ten of us at most. Um, literally knocking stuff out in our lunch hours. Um, so you were working somewhere else at the time? Yeah, we, we all had proper jobs. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and we were all just, um, it originally started off as a bunch of friends just writing about London for fun, and then it was sort of, so there's there's um, a network of sites in the US, sort of 
started off with Gothamist in New York. They were looking to expand. They sort of took over in inverted commas. Um, Londonist reskinned, renamed the site to Londonist. Um, and a couple of years ago, we sort of broke free. We bought ourselves out. Um, and that allowed us to pay ourselves for the first time. And so that meant we've obviously put more more time and effort into to building up the site. Um, but yeah, six years ago, it was, it was basically a bunch of friends prassing about. Not much has changed. Yeah, so yeah <laughs> to, to some extent, it still is that. Oh, that's quite nice. It's quite nice to know that from the back end of it, you're still like friends, like a family of like reviewers and writers. Because you just did you just want to be in journalism? Was that what it was? Or um, I did it because I, I mean, I have my own blog anyway, and I I've always written even when nobody was reading. Um, Join the club. Yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah, I I just I knew somebody who was who was working there and um, got made redundant. And she went, great, you've got a few months free, come write for us. It's like, okay, fair enough, I will. Um, never stopped, even when I yeah, went back into to work, and now it's part of what I do to actually pay the bills. So in terms of uh, building a community online, because obviously when you started out and you had like 20,000 hits a month, mm-hmm. obviously you really had to invest in that audience to keep them coming back because there's so many sites they could have gone to. What, w- what kind of tips and advice would you give to people who are looking at like building audiences, maybe, maybe not at the scale you guys are doing for Londonists, but mm-hmm. maybe for their own shows and for their own uh, ends to promote stuff they're doing. I always thought that the reason we've done so well is is because we, we never tried to be a sort of top-down publication sort of talking at our readers. We're just the same as our readers. We're just these guys, you know? Um, so we feel the, the same as, as, as our readers about the shows we're going to see, we'll drink in the same pubs, we'll eat at the same restaurants. Um, so I, I think people have picked up on that um, and come back to us because they trust us. So it, I think it's, it's just a case of, yeah, just, just developing trust and not betraying that trust by, you know, going off and doing something a bit pretentious and wanky. Um, yeah, and people... Having lots of pe- pub crawls as well. Yeah, lots and lots of pub crawls. That really helps. You guys, so you run your own pub crawls? Uh, yeah, this is this is Matt Brown. Um, he started a couple of years ago. He was doing an A to Z of London pub crawls, and he would pick an area, and the readers vote for their favourite pubs in that area, and then we do a pub crawl around the winners. Mm. Um, and the A to Z is finished now, but we're still just doing them because they're fun, and we really like drinking. Fair enough. Uh, and Chris. And crisps, yeah. um, and cake, cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see Monday morning at your office. This is going to be loads <laughs> of letters from comedians saying, "Would you come see my show?" I'd we'll love, give you cake. I'll give you cake. There's, there's cake here. I don't want to mail it. Yeah, don't don't put the Lon- don't put a little sign with Londonist on it. Just put a cake on the chair. and <laughs> yeah. someone will turn up. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, do you run any other of it? Like, would you ever run like a? a because uh, there's festivals that are springing up all over London. Have you ever thought about having a Londonist festival where you'd have like you know performers you like coming down and doing the shows that you've reviewed highly? Or oh, you know what we for the last mayoral election we were kicking around the idea of having a political comedy night on the night of the results, <laughs> um, but that sort of died to death a little bit. We never, yeah, we I think we we never quite got to there but we I mean we do do the occasional event things like pub quizzes um and oh god I've just remembered I've, I've put on a literary festival in in my in Hither Green where I live a couple of years ago 
Um, so, you know, we, we do have experience in amongst us in, in sorting out events. Um, problem is, they're just, there's, there's, we're still a really small team. I mean, in the office, there's... Um, if, if you walked into the office right now, you would see, what, seven people sitting in there? Um, and that's that's not just writers, that's everybody. That's, you know, the business side, that's advertising, that's that's the editorial side. And obviously there's there's people working from home as well. But when you've only got that number of people, it's quite hard to do sort of extracurricular stuff. Um, yeah, so it's something... Might be that, something for the future. Yeah, it's something we're thinking about, but it's not an immediate plan but it would be fun yeah yeah it'd be fun to do okay um what but i mean obviously you've got an extensive knowledge of london uh, and putting on shows and things like that what books and and recommended reading material would you put forward to people to to help them with uh shows or, or promotion or building audiences or anything to do with that area i don't know i've never really no, read anything it's just yeah yeah it's just it's just something that okay. i mean from my point of view it's just something that sort of <clears throat> happened because i work for londonist and <clears throat> excuse me do you have any favorite books yeah. about london oh god yes this, this, this is the matt brown question there's, there's a library in londonist yeah. of books it's it's a you know as big as that wall over there covered in london books and it's just um you know you occasionally pick one off the shelf and have a quick flick through and put it back and it's just like you know the wall of london the great yeah. wall of london yeah although craig taylor's londonist uh, londoners is go-to reading for everyone i think okay so what are your lead times on things like for listings so for for weekend i mean really it's just it's a couple of weeks i would say um yeah weekend definitely a couple of weeks so for this weekend coming up we'll publish on the monday and we will have written that up by like the friday but we'll still keep adding and we'll keep we'll keep adding things on in during the week because it goes out on an email on the friday night and that's sort of like well it goes out thursday afternoon and friday night two separate mailing lists very complicated um so if you want to make sure you're in that that first email then obviously you need to have got to us by about wednesday um even then we might just say oh you know what too busy we can't it's too late um but yeah if, if we can have a couple of weeks to a week's notice i mean sometimes things will go in with just a couple of days but by the time it gets to a couple of days we've already got a massive pile of potential um events for the daily things to do so and that will have already been filtered because we just won't add something to the potential pile if it's if we don't like the sound of it so and that then that potential pile of listings gets filtered further when we're writing it up so if something comes in last minute it's going to have to be really good um so yeah maybe yeah week two weeks more um more than that somebody emailed me um a couple of months ago with something for this weekend um and i kind of said this sounds really interesting can you remind me (laughs) a little bit near the time and bless them they did and and i've put it into the, the weekend listings um yeah, just because sometimes things get a bit lost. And if you want to play reviewed, I mean, you've really got to get it in at least a month, six weeks before, you know, it's going to be on because when, what, what are we now, January the 20th? 15th. Yeah, mid-January. Yeah, we're, yeah. Now, we're now mid-January and we're sort of looking at plays for March. So 
you know, yeah, I mean, we've, you've, we've already you've, sorted February. Yeah, you've just assigned the February reviews, haven't you? Yeah, so. So, if you're if you're sending me stuff now for January, it's probably way too late. Not gonna yeah. unless it's like, oh, I've got a free day and I must see this. I mean, it's just too late. Is that the same for comedy reviews? Um, comedy reviews slightly shorter lead time because so for theatre there's a massive there's a pool of about twenty reviewers for comedy there's a lot less of us because it's. It's trickier to review comedy, so I tend to keep it to a, a smaller pool of, of people who I trust. Um, and so that's... It's slightly less bureaucratic to assign out the comedy reviews. It's more sort of me going, emailing, well, you and a couple of other guys to say who wants to see this. Um, so we can do things at slightly shorter notice, but equally we're all really busy. So, you know, it helps to get something in, in our diary several weeks in advance. And uh, last question, outside of obviously the Londonist and you obviously read each other's work, what other websites do you read or or publications maybe specifically to do with London or listings or reviews or anything related do you read that you would recommend for other people? Um, In terms of arts? In terms of arts or in terms of, um, so like if you're you're looking for, because I imagine if you want to not cover things other people are covering, you're obviously reading what other people are covering so that you don't cover those things, if yeah. that makes sense. So what places would you would you be reading for that sort of stuff that you enjoy the re- writing of? And maybe other places that you've written that you also enjoy the writing of? Um, I think for comedy... I mean, the thing is, things like Chortle will cover a hell of a lot more than we do. So I wouldn't really read them to see sort of what they've covered that we should avoid because they'll just do a damn sight more so things like time out and the standards um the guardian also is quite good for for london comedy because they're just so london centric anyway um i I deliberately avoid reading other reviews just because i like to keep my own ideas in my head so maybe after i've seen and written then i'll kind of see if i've written the same thing as everybody else but um i just try and keep it in my head so don't no. don't don't read what I write, basically. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll end on that then. Mm. Um, well, thank you very much for coming in. It's been lovely to have you. Um, thank you. That was the Londonist. I had such fun talking to them. Honestly, it was really exciting, and it made such a a difference to the way I'm going to look at how I communicate directly with them and how many times a year I talk to them. My, my biggest takeaway from this is that they will only really list you or review you once. So I'm I'm really going to scarcely use that commodity. I don't, I get it. I totally understand why that's the point and I, I won't be spamming them with stuff for my for my shows. Um, also, they, they told me to point out that they only list stuff for London. Uh, it, it's worth me reiterating that for them just because they said they get a lot of people who are doing fringe festivals and they think that they're, they're going to cover like Edinburgh or Brighton or Leicester or whatever um, so there's no point in contacting them unless your event is actually in London um, you don't have to be a Londoner to list with them but you do have to have your show take place within about zones one to six I think it is um, it's all on their website and there'll be links in the show notes Thank you for listening. Um, don't forget to subscribe. We've got some amazing shows coming up. Uh, also, give me some feedback. If you enjoyed this format and you'd like to hear more in between episodes from different magazines, I'm contacting Skint London and Time Out at the moment to try and get them down. If you don't know who they are, Google them. They're, they're really useful resources. If you don't know who Time Out is, you've really probably got problems. Skint London's an amazing resource for people who've like got a, a work in progress or a, a cheap show they want to kind of plug and get out there. And um, 
yeah that i hoping we'll get some more people on i think this kind of uh, shorter format is kind of going to be like a sub show to the main show um yeah subscribe share it with people review it do all the things with the buttons i don't know but um yeah i should also say we i've enabled comments on all the posts on the tumblr so I think it should work with your Facebook as well. So if you want to write a comment below this and you want to um, ask questions or you want to leave your own feedback or you or you want to suggest other p places that I can go out to or even if you are a place listening and you'd love me to include your blog or your listing site on the podcast, feel free to write it below or email me at simon.m.kane at gmail.com or Facebook any of the places that you can imagine I would be on, I'm more than happy to get your message. And yeah, love all the feedback. So keep it coming. See you guys soon. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.